Jesus said, Behold, I come quickly. 2,000 years ago, his words came to pass. AD 70, Jerusalem surrounded by armies. The temple destroyed. Sacrifices ceased. The end of the age. So where are we at on the prophetic timeline of history? Jesus said, All authority in heaven and earth has been given unto me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. And that we have been made kings and priests to reign here on earth. The, the Revelation, Revelation Red Pill, the kingdom of God is now. For yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, now and forever. Amen. Hey guys, welcome back to Revelation Red Pill Wednesdays. Woo! We have Spiro pictures in the house. Moy, Moy, you're just Moy. You're not Joy, you're not Matt, you're just Moy. It's like it's like Bradgelita. You know, <laughs> Joy and Matt there. Oh, the sorry. House. Joy and Matt, welcome back to the program. We're so is glad you're here. We cannot wait. Is that, is that Brad? Is the Benefer. It's you are that. Brad and Jennifer Benefer. But I I actually heard you the other day in, do your introductions, and I love this Joy and Mister Joy, which is probably what was in my head. Yep. Moy. Just forget Matt. Moy. It's just Moy. Well, I, I, I kind of maintain that the fact that it's like she's just like such like when people see her they're like oh joy and I mean, when they see me they're like you look familiar, you look familiar. and so <laughs> it's like i'm i'm mr joy because it's like oh yeah oh yeah. yeah when they see me with her they're like oh bad joy because you look like a bundle of joy though like when joy walks into the room for those of you that don't know in real life she does bring like sunshine trails behind her. Here comes the sun. Her name is. is Joy. Yeah, George Harrison songs just follow her around. It's so crazy. Yeah, it is. I, like I do that. have a song of my own. You do? Uh-huh. Yes. Bullfrogs and butterflies. It's the bullfrogs and butterflies. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, no, what was that one? It, no, it was, uh, no, uh, no, Jeremiah was a bullfrog. That's yeah. one of the things. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, I love that. Song. Yeah. We've gotten yeah. off topic, but that's okay. Anyway, sorry. That's why you guys are here. Um, so last time we had you guys here we learned a lot about you and how you kind of how you got started in the what we're calling revelation red pill other people call it victorious <laughs> eschatology other people call it the kingdom message whatever you want to call it we win that right. message we heard your and story and we need to be winning right now exactly it's you don't want to hear a lot is it's you know all this bad stuff happens but it's okay because you know we in the end we win and i'm like it's it's you win the game throughout and then it, yeah. and then you win in the end. So, um, what you have been taking us through, kind of the biblical imagery, which is so important to this yeah. message, because if you don't understand reader relevance, if you don't understand what these things meant to right, the people right, who right. were hearing them and writing them, you're not going to understand the Bible. So, guys, frankly, you could be sending big, big fat checks to Matt uh, because this is invaluable knowledge that Absolutely. he's giving you for free. It's a pretty big deal. Oh, you can use promo code uh, Sparrow on, at my pillow. Yes, we won't. We won't plug our promo code Ooh, for my pillow, oh, which wow. would be RC. Be you. Have a if you tonight. do that, you know they're having the largest um, uh, sale right now. Sale like right now off. on uh, both uh, their flip flops and their sheets, which is like the Percal sheets. Like a, are twenty five dollars yeah. right now. Bucks. So right. you know what? It's not, let's throw it down. If you want to use their promo code, you can. What is it? Tell everyone your promo code. S-P-E-R-O. Spiro. 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 It's, I've been saying it wrong. Spiro. Spiro. Like, or right, RC. Like 
right we'll here. see who does better okay. that's what we'll do yeah. well right. yeah well with these discounts uh there, there's not much we're making you guys are just saving, that's true so. actually the all so season slippers to... we don't get anything back because they're rock bottom price rock bottom <gasps> right. <laughs> yeah. all right so matt you last week we just began to touch on some of the symbolism in yeah. the book of revelation and i'm so excited tonight because you guys have so many questions what about the 144,000? What about Jesus coming in the clouds? Is he coming again? What is that coming about? Well, Matt has a Matt has done an impeccable job and we are going to break this down for you like you have never heard and at the end of tonight, I almost I'm going to give you a money back guarantee because <laughs> you haven't given me any uh -oh. money. Um that you are going to it's going to make sense and these things are going to fit in a way that you're going to Oh my gosh, you yeah. mean it was really that simple. Right. And so for the second time in Resistance Chicks history, we are handing over the reins to someone else to 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 do the show. So Matt, take it away. Wow. All right. Well, well I think that we're gonna we're gonna do a quick prayer. A quick prayer, yeah. And then I, I wanna say something and then we'll get started All into right. it. All right. Let's do it. Well, Lord Jesus, we just thank you. We invite you, Holy Spirit, uh, into uh, this podcast, uh, into both of these studios, Lord, and into the home of every single person that's listening, because you are the one that brings revelation, Lord. Mm -hmm. We love you. Uh, we are excited about this message. We're excited about the, the hope uh, for our future uh, and what you're doing on this planet right now, because you are about re getting ready to do some pretty crazy, awesome things. And, uh, yeah, we just can't wait to see it pop up. So in Jesus name, amen. 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 Um, I, I'm going to start off with saying hi to mom and dad there yes. and me madre as well, because they are all watching and we just want to thank you for all the things that you've done in our life. But we got so much feedback. I, I had a, a ton of people messaging, uh, us personally, and then, uh, we restreamed some stuff on our own site and we had a lot of feedback and I think that um, I want to make sure that we are honoring everybody's hearts out there. Thank you for being vulnerable and sharing how you're experiencing the, the podcast and for watching and everything because it is really all of our hearts to um, to come at this from a place of humility and to share stuff and, and research and knowledge that an insight that we feel like we have and we want to take care of people and that's our, our mm -hmm. utmost intention. So please leave comments below mm -hmm. yes. if we can answer any questions. Yep. That's what we want to do. If, if, we're, if there's something that's going over anybody's heads, we want to make sure that we're bringing clarity. And I, in thinking about all of that is um, I know you guys all had the privilege of being 100% homeschooled. I was half homeschooled and half regular schooled. And I was thinking about this. And when I went to college, I had uh, I got pregnant pretty early on. I was 15 when I got pregnant, 16 when I had my daughter. And I finished high school on homeschool. And then I started college at 18. And I did, like, the basic math in college because math was, like, my least favorite. So I took... Uh, statistics because all you had to do was put a couple numbers together but uh, my ex-husband was like like math science uh, political science genius all this kind of stuff um, 
And so I was thinking, you know, Matt does such a great job at breaking things down and his mom and dad are such amazing teachers and all that kind of stuff. But if we're at a, a, for those of us that only took like, you know, statistics in college and didn't do calculus, I'm going to probably break it down and ask some more questions tonight so that we can take, like, get the two plus two. And then, you know, right now we're walking our son through some algebraic thinking and that kind of thing before we get to full on calculus because Matt can be explaining calculus and there's those of us that are like wait wait how do you put these three numbers together and and do some smaller Mm -hmm. division kind of thing so So if there's interruptions that's why I'm breaking up some of the conversation is one just so I get a better understanding as I am I'm not as while I'm research I'm not nearly as well researched as these guys are so I'll have some questions to ask catch us all up to speed because I know most of us have grown up with the end times theology uh, on various levels and um, we've known it so much that we can repeat things that we've never researched ourselves yeah yes so I I, want to help with Mm -hmm. bringing some of that about so I'm sorry for breaking flow but it's just to to gain more understanding and um and then be able to ask questions and and I want other people to be able to ask questions if you're out there and you're going wait a second this is messing with what I know to be true, or this is messing with, I, I don't, I, where, where's that connection coming from? I, I hope to add some insight there. And, 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 um, and we are, we're kind of on the same level. We are twice public school dropouts. So we, <laughs> I went to fourth grade and then I dropped out, was homeschooled for a couple of years and went back to junior high and freshman. That's what our, our Matt Thayer type homeschool friends used to call us the, uh, the public school dropouts. So we, yeah. we dropped out of public school twice. We did. The half-bloods. We, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah. We're the also, mo- let muscles. me let me set this up as well. Speaking to the questions. Yeah. Um, I would like for those of you that have questions that are off of the current talking about su- subject, go ahead and leave those questions. Just note that we are not going to answer those in the flow. If you have mm-hmm. questions about that topic, we will be answer. We will try to answer those yeah, within the exactly. flow. Exactly. If you everything know else, more. because what you're going to a lot of people are going to have questions. Yeah. Well, what about? And this is my biggest one. What about First Thessalonians four? What about Second Peter three? And so those questions. If, if we're talking about the hundred forty four thousand, and you're posing that question, it's not going to get answered in the moment. You know what I'm saying? Right. right. Not at this time, but it not will at this be time. It will answered. definitely be answered. Yeah. Um, and, and and you'll see me checking my phone as well. Alex is our, our producer. Alex is going to be mm-hmm. monitoring some of the questions, and he'll send some over to me if we're able to stop and pause. We will do our best to get to some Great. of those, and if we're not, you know, they, they might slide by, and then we'll get to you yep. know some questions later. Yeah, and then also uh, please share this right now. Yes, you yes. know, share this on social media right now, uh, and, uh, and 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 let people know that we're on. Uh, and then also continue to share it, uh, if you, especially if you find value in it. You know, I mean, if, it, if it's something that hits you uh, and you're like, wow, this is, I feel, I feel like this is true, um, please share it out. Um, and then also just wanted to, just a, a shameless uh, self-promotion. Uh, on, our, on our channel, we're starting a new series, uh, 20 Minutes of Revelation. So good. It's really good. Um, and so it's basically mm-hmm. like taking some of these things and just breaking them down like one at a time, like 20 minutes, you know, and if we have to like, spread it over the course of like three or four we'll do like 20 minute chunks because we understand that this is a lot for people and so we're trying to do our best to break some of this stuff down but it's so rich and it's so beautiful um and so uh, but if you want to go and subscribe to us over there uh you can go to spiralrumble.com or just look up spiral pictures you'll see the picture like this uh the icon uh on the rumble channel uh 
the one behind that's me right the here. best place to find us okay yep and uh it. and then also um yeah like ask questions comment in the live chat uh, and then uh, we're going to be fielding all that okay so first and foremost why is this conversation important um, is 100% is 100 is that Christians are wired for hope and mm -hmm. mm. We, we have to have the right frame of mind towards the future. And, um, and so there's varying degrees of hope depending upon, you know, where you fall on the, you know, end times theology scale, if we yeah. want to call it that. Um, and so, but faith, hope, and love, and we're looking for a biblical basis for hope. That's good. And then um, wanted to just real quick, the method that we're looking at is is not literal interpretation. We're looking at literary interpretation. Okay. And that is um, just different because a lot of people say, well, we have to believe in the literal word of God. But like we said last time, the Bible is literature. And so within this beautiful book, we have poetry, we have uh, legal documents, we have uh prophecy, histories, parables, we have all, all sorts of different types of literature and each type of literature does have varying degrees of, you know, how you're going to look at it and how you're going to take the language right? and how you're going to understand that, that language. Um, so for example, <clears throat> one of the things that I think is, um, it, it was kind of came to me the other day. I, I was in the shower. A lot of things come to me in the shower. You know, it's just like, I, I actually, I need to get like one of those, um, uh, rainproof pads that you can just write because yeah, awesome. i get out of the shower and then i forget it you know it's just mm -hmm. like ah, you know but anyway um so but one of the things i did not forget was that um so like the, the way that a lot of people approach revelation uh these these days uh, i'm not saying that everybody i'm just saying there's a lot of people because there's a lot of new believers and it's like what's this revelation about and all this other stuff and it's like watching a movie or reading a book that's like you know has some like pop culture references or something like that and you don't understand what they mean and um and so but when all of a sudden it's like you you go back and you find it you're like oh wow like this is a so much richer right so much of a richer experience in like a movie so like for example um uh like citizen kane actually the whole entire premise of the movie is based on this it's like at the beginning here's this guy he's in his deathbed he's this rich guy who's a uh he's a publisher he's you know got a he's very very wealthy and he just says rosebud as his last word and everybody is like trying to figure out what that <laughs> word means what is that word what is that word what is that word and at the end of it they find out that it was his sled as a kid and they were thinking it was this big grandiose thing so like so i think that there's there's something to that from the way that people kind of approach revelation sometimes is it's like there's there's really uh, some nuances that if we take it from the standpoint of like looking at this as literature, you know, like, you know, the Brothers Karamazov, right, by Dostoevsky. Mm -hmm. It's written in, in, in Russian. Uh, it's written in the 1800s. And there's, there's going to be references to the Russian culture and references That's to right. the 1800s. Right. That <clears throat> there are footnotes within here and you can look at the footnotes and go, oh, that's what they mean. Or that's right. what that Latin phrase was or whatever. And all of a sudden you're like, oh, okay, I get a better understanding of what that means. And it's the right. same thing that we're trying to do here. Exactly. Um, so, um, and then the other thing is, is that we, because we want to use the Bible to interpret the Bible, right? It's like, I, I refuse to seek meaning outside of the context of the Bible without first establishing meaning within the Bible. Okay. 
Okay, and so this um, and and so this includes the broader understanding of the spirit of the of the cultural context of things, right? So it's not just what's in the Bible itself, but I, like I was saying, like Dostoevsky, it's like you know, it's like well, you know, I'm going to understand a little bit more like the fact that they were dealing with Karl Marx influence at the time, right? So I'm like I need to know a little bit of that. Oh, okay, that's what that meant. Reference means, right? So it's like I need to understand culturally what was going on within the first century church and then also um what's going on in some of these old testament references and where mm -hmm. does this come from and how do we how do we decipher all this stuff so um they so th the way that a journalist looks at it too is people have heard like the five w's and an h yeah right it's like who what when where why and how yeah right so we can look at the bible that way and we ask those questions when everything kind of comes what does this mean well, who, what, when, and you just begin to investigate by asking those uh, types of questions. And I, and a couple of um, real quick um, books that um, it really are helpful in this uh, is one, uh, it, Michael Heiser, that's H-E-I-S-E-R. Uh, this is a really great little book. It's called The Bible Unfiltered. Uh -huh. And I would say Michael Heiser, and it's approaching scripture on its own terms. Hmm. So, and Michael Heiser, um, I've read several of his books, and he's one of the like he he know he's one of those guys that knows understands Greek and Hebrew and everything else, but then yeah. understands like, I mean everything down to like the syntax and oh, like, wow. the cultural references and like he, he could tell you like what the teenagers were thinking were pop culture references back then. You're oh wow! Guy, right. So, and then this one um, is also by him called The Unseen Realm. And there's a smaller version of this book called Supernatural, mm -hmm. also by Michael Heiser. And it's just, it's just basically a, an abridged version of this book. But this one really helps get you in the mind frame of like how people in Second Temple time, which yeah. is when most of the, when the New Testament was written, yeah. how they saw the spiritual world, you know, how it related to the physical world and things like that. So this yeah. is some extra reading if people want to do that. No, that's so, so good. So did, what I what I hear you saying first is, is get curious. Get curious, yep. Yeah, and, and then so also I think that most most people don't have the the time, maybe the budget mm -hmm. and the the fortitude to research right. every topic. You know, I, right now I'm I'm loving gardening. I've loved gardening all my life, and so I watch garden videos because it's something that interests me. What if they care enough about this topic to listen to mm -hmm. to this episode, but not enough to order those books? Well, I'm just saying, like you know, I, I'm I'm just letting you know where my mind frame's coming from with the research that I've done, mm -hmm. and I'm encouraging you to do it yourself, mm -hmm. just like anybody that's giving information should encourage you to do it yourself. Right. Exactly. Um, don't just listen to me. This is where I'm getting the information, and. Like I said, we are going to be continuing to do some of those little stuff. I know you guys are going to be doing some more stuff. And I think it's just having that ongoing conversation. Like you watch the gardening videos, I do. Yeah. right? And so you watch the gardening videos. And Every so, morning. You know, and then you go out and experiment, <laughs> right? And you pray. And that's the other thing too, is it's not just us because we, we've got, we just invited another person into this conversation and he's the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Yes. And the Holy Spirit is, is, is given specifically one of the directives of the holy spirit is to provide revelation yes and so pray about it 
seek it. You know, if it's, if it's ringing true in your heart, there's something there, then just start digging. He will guide you into all truth. Mm -hmm. Amen. Right. That's what his promises. So, okay. Um, all right. So, okay. So just a real quick, uh, recap, um, of the, the Jewishness of the early church. It's one of the mm. things that we have to take into consideration and we have to keep kind of top of mind. Um, the, the, so the, so Paul would go to the synagogues first. Yeah. All right. He would get in arguments with Hellenistic Jews. And you know what I mean, like that Peter, Peter, I mean, his primary, most of it, most of his, uh, the last, yeah, most of his ministry would, was to the, the saints Jews. in Jerusalem. I mean, yeah, we're talking about the Jews. This is the Jews. Mm -hmm. All right. So is very much so that, so that you have to take that into consideration when you're looking at the symbol symbolism, because it was written primarily to Jews, yeah, not to Greeks. Even though it was written in Greek, I think that's the thing that kind of throws some people off. It wasn't written primarily to Greek believers because a, a large part of the Jewish um, of the Christian congregation were converted Jews, right? Yes. And they didn't really see themselves as converted, right? They considered themselves the new Jerusalem, exactly. the new Israel, or the mm -hmm. seed of Abraham. They were just the people that said, "Hey, the Messiah came." Yes. Right. So, um, so why was it written in Greek and not Hebrew then? It's just the just the common. It was just the the the. the it's it's kind of like, like, like English English versus Spanish. You know? All right. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So, um, so it's interesting to know, and I think what's really fascinating right now is that this, there's kind of a modern trend that I've noticed in Christians um, seeking out, like, what were these Jewish festivals about? And what yeah. are some of the, the, the heritage that we have from, from Judaism? I think that there was a rift that happened in the early church because of the persecution was so heavy that when Jerusalem fell, there was kind of this really bad blood, uh, yeah. you know, between, you know, those of the new sect which is the Christianity and those of the old sect. And so, you know, that, and that turned into a lot of really gross behavior over the years, you know, yeah. and, but I think what we're starting to see is this kind of curiosity coming where we've been celebrating the feast days yeah. and, 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 you know, kind of understanding a little bit of like, Oh, you know, like, I think it's really fascinating for, for example, that it, for, for Hebrews, the day started at six o'clock in the night. Yeah. At night, yeah. Right. I, the and, night and, and the day was, it makes right, a 24 hour fast a lot easier. Oh, Just for sure. saying for anybody <laughs> out there, the, the, the day starting in the evening like makes you. fasting like for a full yeah. day. You get to eat in the morning, you get to fast for 24 hours and then eat in the evening. You're fine. Stop complaining. <laughs> but what's really interesting about that too, is that when you look at it from the standpoint of that, then it's also see the old covenant was the darkness and the new covenant is the light. Yeah. So No, I love that. That's yeah. So the dawn is the dawning of the, of the new covenant and the, anyway, so, um, so, uh, so, and, and that's the other thing too, is I just want to make sure that I, I be clear is that to our modern ears, this might sound like over intellectualizing, right? Picking apart and looking for all the details and, you know, nerding out on, on stuff. And this really wouldn't be necessary when the book was written because it was a part of their subconscious. Yeah. Mm. Right. It, it's like, it's just as subconscious in us as, you know, references to, um, in some of us, the references to the revolution or, um, to references about, uh, world war two mm -hmm. or Christmas. You know what I mean? Like there's just certain things that we can fire off 
that we don't even realize. And some of the stories that we write, some mm -hmm. of the films and things that we make, the art just kind of comes out of you. And it's and, and even when you're up there preaching, people talk about how they just kind of get into the flow and all of a sudden it's like they're they're just saying things that are connecting with the audience. Well, a lot of that is because it's a, it's a common and a shared heritage, mm -hmm. right? And so we're just divorced from this heritage. And so we have to kind of spend a little bit of time getting back into that, if that makes sense. No, absolutely um, makes sense. Reader relevance, who is it written to? These are written to first uh, century uh, Jews and even the culture, uh, you know, a lot of things in the New Testament, we break things down um, all the time on our show about who was Paul writing to, what was happening in, in Ephesus you know, at this time when, you know, you had the goddess Artemis yep. and um, there yep. were a lot of Gnostic teachings. So it's really helpful to recognize that a lot of times we have these letters and they're uh, written to somebody, but we don't have those yeah. other letters. You know, I have upstairs right. letters that my grandfather wrote to my grandma while he was in a tuberculosis uh, quarantine. Oh. And I don't have the letters that she wrote him. So I've had to kind of deduce what were the questions that right. she asked him. Yeah, yep. no, that's a great one Perfect because example. I mean we have that again in, in the revolutionaries is we have some of the stuff from Abigail and uh, John Adams, but sometimes there's some missing components. So that's Absolutely. that's a great example. Yep. And so, and then the other, just a, a real quick again warning: it's this isn't about getting stuck in the minutia of this. Right. Mm -hmm. This is about um, this is about really the entire point of getting to the question of. How then shall we live? Good. Come on. Yes. Yes. That, that's mm -hmm. that's the point, right? Mm -hmm. And so with a proper found. Oops, sorry. Oh, I'm sorry, hearing I was myself. Checking the, I was checking the questions. Yeah. Wow. Wow. It that, happens that to was, me all was, the time, Joy. That was that was me in the future yes. meeting me in the past. Oh, yeah, <laughs> so good. I love it. Back <laughs> to the future. So so the because with a proper foundation intact we can ask how we can face, how, how we're supposed to face the future. Right, right exactly. That's, that, and that's the point. So, okay. So then now um, a real, uh, um, another real quick recap would be, okay, so this is about covenant language. Yeah. And this is something that I can't stress enough. Like I've heard a covenant all my life. My mom and dad read, you know, the Believer's New Covenant by Andrew Murray. And, mm. you know, I did two covenants and all of this stuff. And I've heard about it all my life. Mm -hmm. And, when all of a sudden, in all of this end time stuff that I've heard, right? And I've heard tons of different takes on it, mm -hmm. right? They and don't have a settled ending, the earth, or it, the theory. We call it a theory because right. when it comes to end times theology, there's way too many ideas out there that yep. no one has landed on anything really settled. Right, mm -hmm. exactly. And so now I'm the kind of person that like... As much as I do like speculation, I, when I come out and say, "Hey, this is what I believe," I'm, I'm, I, I want to be pretty rock solid that this is what I believe, um, and that doesn't mean that I can't change. I mean, my wife changes my opinion all the time, uh, but uh, and and I have changed hers on occasion, uh, <laughs> but um, the, the the but but there, there's like a conviction that I can that I feel, and I'm like, okay, now this this feels pretty true something about yeah, this right. feels right and um and so the covenant language married with the end times stuff in revelation just like my brain just went like it was just exploded i was like whoa okay this this makes so much more sense um so it's a really important 
and you, we went into that on the last one. Mm -hmm. um, but if, if anybody's not watched that, go back and find that and, and watch talking about the covenant and talking about how the ancient covenants were in five parts. And the, the, the prophets of old were basically like the lawyers. They were coming in and saying, hey, look at this document. You know what yes. I mean? And it's like, this is, isn't this, you know, I'm like, hey, this is your agreement with God and yes. you're not following it. And something's going to happen bad if it doesn't happen. But if you fall, if you turn, this is what's going to happen, right? right? So that's the way the prophets were. Mm -hmm. um, and, and then you have um, how Deuteronomy and Hosea were written in that five-part structure right. of an ancient uh, covenant and how revelation structure is written that way yes okay so, so so break that down a little bit more so how what do you mean the five part structure well it was just real quick uh, i'll just just go back through the five parts i'm um, just gonna yeah just, just um, bullet point it yep, one more time quick. for us all right it was um where was it oh let's see that's on another one I don't know. I'm trying to read your mind again. Sorry. Sorry. Hold on a second. So when, as he's looking at that, think about yeah. Leviticus or think about Deuteronomy 28, the blessings. You'll be blessed in your field. You'll be blessed in your barns. You'll be blessed coming in. You'll be blessed coming out. If you follow yeah. these, God made a covenant with Israel. He made right. a blood covenant with Israel. But at yep. the end of that are the curses. If you do not follow this, then all these things will come on you. And what we're presenting to you is that there was a final ending of that covenant. Mm -hmm. And there was a new covenant based upon yep. better promises to mm -hmm. which we still have the old promises, but it's based upon a new covenant. It's based upon the blood of Jesus. And now we are now heirs. Now we are now heirs with Abraham. And so there yep. is a, a divorce, a major ugly divorce. And those punishments had to be meted out. God doesn't just say, hey, if you follow me, it's all going to be great. And then I'm going to kind of like gonna, right. go, go willy nilly. When we're talking about AD 70, when we're talking about the judgment, there was a transitional generation generation between the time when Jesus died and then and and 8070 he was getting people a time to choose sides before he brought the judgment of those curses that he promised that he said you guys are we're going to do this covenant thing and when those broke it's like a divorce decree these things had to come upon these judgments had to come upon Israel it had to come upon Jerusalem because that was part of the old covenant and it had to be fulfilled in that generation well yeah. and and we're going to get good. into this a little bit, but it's it's not even actually just a divorce. It's like the wife killed the husband. Yeah, that's Come true. on and preach it. Yeah. Yeah, so, the wife killed the husband. You know, I mean. They killed Jesus. <clears throat> yeah, the, I mean, I, 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 I don't know of a marriage that continues after the, the wife kills the husband. You know, <clears throat> such a valid point. Valid. So, um, okay. Uh, there, okay, so just real quick. Um, the five parts are the preamble okay. uh, of... of of the so basically this is identifying the lordship of the great king stressing both his transcendence greatness and power and his eminence basically his nearness and his presence huh. all right so the his, and then there's the historical prologue that's part two this portion surveys the lord's previous relationship to the vassal or the person uh, you know the the, the the subject um and especially emphasizing the blessings bestowed then there's the ethical stipulations um so this portion expounds on the vassal's obligations, basically the guide to citizenship. Like this is what it takes to be a citizen in this new arrangement. Then there's the sanctions, which is just outlines the blessings for obedience and the curses for disobedience. 
And then there's the succession arrangements in number five, which is deals with the continuity of relationship over future generations. Okay, so that's the an ancient five-part document yeah. uh, that um, was very common in ancient times when it comes to the relationship between a conquering king and a vassal state. That's good. What, and I know you explained this last time, but what does vassal mean again? Uh, well, vassal just means, it's just an old term, like lord and vassal. So lord, and then, you know, you are subject to the lord. Okay. So, yeah. Okay. So then, um, all right. So that's that's pretty much the, the recap. Um, and now we're going to get into uh, what we're going to be talking about. Okay. All right. Are we ready? Right. I'm so, so ready. So, all right. So again, ask ask your questions uh yeah. share now like mm -hmm. literally like share it out there right we're, now we're live and uh and then comment in the live chat so okay so last week we talked about the sun the moon and the stars mm -hmm. and we talked about how you know the, the principles of first mention and how we have to um take all of that into consideration when unpacking some of these these metaphors mm -hmm. and so coming on the clouds is one of those phrases okay because it's it's mentioned several times in the bible um so it would have been a common phrase mm -hmm. for somebody that's you have to put yourself again back into the position of the jew who every saturday they're going to synagogue they're listening and it's not just every saturday i mean we're talking about the feast days right mm -hmm. there were there were there were certain passages that were read annually these were these these passages were very 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 much a part of, of of their their common vernacular. I mean, they were yeah. they were memorizing large passages of scriptures with no chapters and verses. Right. By, by the way. Right. Like you know. And they were like on scrolls. It wasn't like right. I right. mean, a book like we imagine. You didn't a get book. to underline and write in the margins, baby. <laughs> right. It had and to then, be here. And then good good fathers. Good fathers were reciting these things to their children. They were right. teaching them along the way. You know what I mean? Like it was a part of their culture. It was, it mm -hmm. was, it, it was like talking about movies to them. Mm -hmm. It was talking about their biblical heroes and all of this stuff, right? Mm -hmm. Their history. Um, okay, so, um, so the so the Hebrew. Um, okay, so again, okay, so it's kind of like, it kind of like reminds me of of there's we had this Irish student living with us once. And uh, we had a dog, and we had named this dog Trousers. And this this that. Irish, because he had these like these legs that kind of had they looked like he had these little pantaloons. You know it it so looked we like he like, had oh, MC like, Hammer pants. It Stop looked it. like he had MC Hammer, Hammer pants, so we called him Trousers. Anyway, so he thought this was hilarious because in England, trousers means underwear. In Ireland. <laughs> in Ireland. Well, he's Northern Ireland, so oh, yeah. he's part of Britain. He's okay. part of, um, yeah, the United Kingdom. And so and he just wanted to know why I named the, named dog, the dog underwear. underwear. Yeah. Right. And I was like, I didn't name the dog underwear. <laughs> I named him. I named him pants. He hammer pants. Right. Well, and trousers. also in the UK, you can't say. So we we find if we use the word fanny, that's yep. actually yeah. a very um, muted term for your behind. It's a very yeah. kosher way of saying that. In the yeah. UK, it's it's the complete opposite. Means something else than a woman's nether regions, and it is completely unkosher okay. to say exactly. Fanny. That's right. So we have that. a lot of these kind of overlapping yeah. things where you need to understand. So what, what did, culture is saying it? So when the Bible talks about coming right. on the clouds, we have to go back to the first time where we saw yeah. coming on the clouds. You can't just put in your definition onto God's right words. 
exactly. So, okay, so okay. so the glory cloud. All right, so we're going to break this down a little bit. So the glory cloud filling his temple. Mm, all right. Yeah. So, um, but yeah. also, but also think about, you know, the 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 Exodus, the Prince of Egypt, the Ten Commandments. Right. You see that situation mm -hmm. where all of a sudden, you know, here comes the pillar of cloud and okay. fire, and you know, in between the Pharaoh and the children of Israel as Moses doing his thing with the staff and. Right. So like that whole, that whole situation. Right. Okay. So that was the glory cloud. Boom. Right. Comes in. Yeah. Well, what was that? That was, uh, that was, uh, judgment against that. That was God coming in as the defender <laughs> against yeah. the Pharaohs. Right. Um, then you also have, um, well, well, actually with clouds, what's interesting about clouds is that clouds is where the rain from the flood came from. Mm. Right? Wow. So we're talking about judgment. Judgment. Boom. Right? Then you have, uh, then you have uh, the old covenant where, where the glory cloud filled the, the temple and then, and then um, consumed sacrifices. Okay. Right? Um, and in the new covenant, he fills us and consumes mm us because we're the new temple mm. right um and then you have now what's interesting this is another one that's interesting is that ezekiel and john right the different it's one of the kind of fascinating things about ezekiel and john is ezekiel was asked to look up here mm -hmm. john was asked to come up here oh Ooh, that's interesting so ezekiel was looking up at heaven through the sea of glass John was looking down through. That's fascinating. Whoa! I've never noticed that. I've never yeah. seen that. So, um, so it's just a comparison of the covenant and humanity's station within the covenant. Ah, right? he's now seated in heavenly places. Now so seated he in heavenly down. places. Looking Woo! down. Powerful. Right? Okay. So now the coming on the clouds was one of the most familiar images of God coming in judgment. Ooh. Okay. Now, and think about this in Genesis nine thirteen. God hung his bow in the clouds. Now we've always thought about it as just, well, it's a rainbow. Yeah. Well, but it's mm -hmm. also his bow. That's good. Oh. My, uh, they, uh, they're asking you in the chat to repeat that. I don't know what they're wanting you to repeat. I don't know. John looking down. Oh, John looking down. Ezekiel looking up. Okay. So Ezekiel looked up. Oh. So like the wheels within the wheels. I mean, it's Ezekiel one and two. And so Ezekiel's looking up at the heavens, right? He's seeing very similar things to what John saw. But John right? saw he, it the other way. The other he way. saw it looking down. Right. Because that's what Revelation 4 says. I saw a door and I heard a voice say, come up here. Ooh. Oh, and then the glass. They're asking about the glass, the sea of glass that you mentioned. Okay. So there. So in, in Revelation and in Ezekiel, it's both mentioned a sea of glass, mm -hmm. a part of heaven. And Ezekiel was looking up through it, mm. and G and and Don, John was looking down. Woo. That's I don't know. That's powerful. I don't know what it is. I don't know exactly what it means, but it's good. Right. It could be like a magnifying glass, almost like like I used I, on the thumbnail I, for this. I, like you know. See, I, I don't know because see some of the things that 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 John saw and Ezekiel saw were so beautiful. It's like saying it's like asking somebody to to repeat a dream literally, right? Yeah, it's, like it's hard. Where it's like it's you're hard. going. You're going like, ah, oh, it was like rubber. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it was like this thing. I don't know. It's like you're, you know, because there's actually things that happen inside, not not just in heaven, but there's things that happen inside of the human heart. It's one of the things mm -hmm. about um, C.S. Lewis in, four, in The Four Loves, where he talks about 
how the Greek language has four words for love mm -hmm. and that, you know, the, the English language has one, but emotionally we also have certain language like that, right? Where it's like, you know, I can cry and be happy and sad. Yeah. Right. Because mm -hmm. my body is only has one, you know, kind of emotive physical response like a manifestation yeah a manifestation of something that's going on inside of me internally mm -hmm. which is a much richer language mm -hmm. right so I, we have we have a question from yes. the, the audience and and i mean this in a in a non-sarcastic way um the gist of the most of most people's end times theology is wrong because of colloquialisms so is, is that what you're you're trying oh colloquialism to um, I guess that's one way to put it. it. It's it's because we um are are reading it in English, and we're assuming that the meanings that we would apply to those words are the meanings that were intended by the people that originally spoke them. Exactly. When that's a little bit kind of naive, because not only was it not written in English, but it was also it was written in Greek. Or in Hebrew. Right. Right. And then you also have like cultural context and things like that. Right. And there's, so, yes. there's also to add to that very quickly. It's not tonight. We're talking about that. The gist of tonight's most people and uh, most people's end times theology is wrong because of colloquialisms. But on the whole, what Matt and Joy and Lee and I are bringing to you is that the end times theology is wrong for a whole host of reasons. Meaning, who was oh. it being written to? That's not colloquialisms. Right. That's just, okay, it's actually not written to us 2,000 years later. Yeah. We glean from it 2,000 years later. Right. Right. And yeah. then also, a, there's been a, a twisting and a contortion of cut and paste scriptures yeah. that do not go together. So there's a right. lot more to it. You're but tonight, find, we're yes. trying to zero in on certain things. So tonight, we're trying to zero in on uh, some symbolism. So when you're talking about uh, the judgment in the clouds, what's in Nahum? Okay, so Nahum 1, what was really interesting, I'll just pull it up, is, um, let, me, let me find that real quick. Hold mm -hmm. on a second. We've got uh, the <laughs> Founder's on. Bible. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> we can fight over the promo code on that, too. There you go. Sparrow. Um, is anyway. it, isn't it Sparrow for yours? S-P-E-R-O. Yeah, we, yeah. we do Sparrow. Sparrow means to hope in Latin. And so, I'll and ours is and... resistance chicks. So you can fight over your promo code for the founders. Yeah, yeah. Do what you gotta do. People. I think this is healthy competition. <laughs> okay, so Nahum, <laughs> Nahum. What's in, really interesting about Nahum is that Nahum uh, was about 150 years after Jonah. Okay. Okay. So Jonah, mm -hmm. most people know Jonah's story. It's followed by the fish because he didn't want to go to Nineveh and let Nineveh know, like, hey, you can either choose life or death, basically. And then, then he got spit up by the fish, he goes to Nineveh and he says, hey, you got life or death, and they actually chose life and then he got mad because he really wanted to see Nineveh get yeah, torched. Yeah, we feel you. He's like, they're <laughs> awful. This, is, this seriously is like I, I pray for Noe of all Harari that he's going to have a come to Jesus moment, and there's part of you internally that's like, no, like, just let him burn, man. And you're like, no, nah, that's a wrong attitude to have. Well, not really. I mean, it's, it's both. It's like you can pray and say, Lord, turn to burn, baby. Turn him and let him have a it fall conversion. I believe or, in the turn or burn. But. Or, you know, take him out because he is he is proclaiming 
profanity is against you. He he is. I mean, he is basically that's standing, my righteous indignation. He's standing in Goliath's I'm place. I'm like, Lord, right why now. would you let somebody mock you? So, mm, but also, no. God's like, I can turn anybody on an instant. And you're like, okay, turn him, turn him. Like, yeah, that yeah. would be amazing. You know. I think he can have a Paul Damascus experience. Okay, but anyway. so, sorry, so Nahum, Nahum is now 150 years after Jonah, and he's proclaiming judge the proclaiming judgment against Nineveh because Nineveh has gone bad again. Mm -hmm. Okay. So now this is the crazy thing is that God's judgment on Nineveh was so replete that up until the last couple of decades, historians thought it was fictional. Mm. They thought it was a made up place. I mean, that's how, that's how much God they wiped them off the map. It, right. Right. Yeah. Right? So, like, that's nuts. Okay? So, now, what it says in Nahum, though, is it says, the Lord is good. Um, let's see. Blah, blah, blah. Where, where was it? I don't know. Hold on a second. Oh, here it is. Okay, it says, in, in Nahum 1.3, Lord is slow to anger and great in power, and the Lord will by no means leave the guilty unpunished. In whirlwind and storm is his way, and clouds are the dust beneath his feet. Wow. Okay. Wow. Okay. So coming on the clouds. So this is the thing that I, when I read this, I was like, oh, you know, cause I, I'm a director, right? So I get into like script analysis and I'm like, kind of like, you know, like what was it like to be in this person's shoes in this situation, yeah. you know, that kind of stuff. Right. And so when I'm sitting here going like, oh, wow. Like, could it be that these people saw the clouds of heaven the same way that they saw clouds on the horizon, the dust getting kicked up by an army? Yeah. That's good. Right, and so they're like, "Oh, the clouds of heaven. These are the these are the clouds of God's army approaching." Okay, so again, I'm gonna just stop right there because you're, you're talking about the the clouds of an army, and we 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 live in modern times. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you're you're talking about horse and rider. Horse and rider. You're talking dust. about, you know, you would imagine that army's coming. Well, yeah, it's something like that would be you know pretty crazy. You know, if you think about it in, in, a, in an ancient time, right? right? You would see some sort of cloud coming. And all of a sudden, there'd be like this right. uh, fear that might come over right. you. because Oh, my gosh, the Assyrians are coming, or the Babylonians are coming, yeah. or the Egyptians yeah. are coming, or whatever, yeah. right? So the clouds of his, of his coming in judgment. Okay. Um, and then this is also like, and just kind of just to throw off a couple of other, like there's Psalms 104.3 talks about his clouds of judgment. Um, Jeremiah 4.13, behold, he goes up like clouds and his chariots are like a whirlwind. His horses are swifter than eagles. Woe to us for we are ruined. Um, Isaiah 19.1, talking about Egypt, um, is, is again coming in the clouds against the judgment against Egypt. Um, and we talked about, you know, the, the, the sun, the moon, and the stars mm -hmm. being used in proclamations against Egypt last week as well, right? So... Um, now, what's interesting is that in, um, in Daniel 7, 13, and 14, um, this is interesting. What, what a lot of people miss is that it says that Jesus came up. Mm. It says the Son of Man came up into heaven. He didn't come down. Okay. Right? So he's coming up. He's ascending mm. to the throne, not descending, and he was given a kingdom. Hmm. Right. So this is, so I, I, as I'm reading back through some of, uh, with this revelation in mind, with this covenant revelation in mind, with this kingdom in mind, 
I'm going back through some of these older scriptures and I'm like, oh my gosh. It's Can all I right read there. that just real quick? You were saying, Absolutely. yeah, 7, um, 13. And I saw in the night visions, behold, one like the Son of Man. We know that Jesus kept saying, I am the Son of Man. Uh, came with the clouds of heaven and he came to the ancient of days and they brought him before him and there was given to him dominion and glory and a kingdom that all the people, nations and language should serve him. His dominion was an everlasting dominion, which shall not pass away in his kingdom that shall not be destroyed. Uh, you know, Jesus had said, uh, I'm setting up a kingdom and the gates of hell shall not prevail, prevail. against it. We do know right. that Jesus is sitting at the right hand of God. He has entered into this dominion. And what you're saying is that he ascended with the clouds. When he comes down in judgment, he descends with these. And the point is what, what Matt is trying to make is that, and he is making it very well. God came in judgment on the clouds several times. Mm -hmm. And so we can't put in our... Right. theology what we want it to mean he came in the clouds against egypt he came against the clouds against nineveh nineveh was completely wiped out by babylon together with the the medes and persians and i'll tell you what's awesome is i use this archaeological bible mm -hmm. and it has a lot of these things in there to help you to explain where these things actually happened already in history you're not waiting for nineveh to be wiped he came in the clouds he wiped out nineveh okay it wasn't a final coming of god so when you're looking at coming in the clouds it doesn't yep. mean that this is the end all be all it means he's coming in the clouds for a specific time and a specific purpose yep so yep. i have a, i have a question for for all three of you i guess is why didn't people notice this earlier? Why, why, why are we like, I, I, you know, I, this makes a lot of sense to me and I'm, I'm like, yeah, that, that I'm there with you. So where did the confusion come in with the whole clouds thing? Where did our, our interpretation of it think, now come from? I think that there was I, my speculation. Now this is, this is me going, putting on my, just like, hmm, I wonder, uh, hat. But I, I, I speculate that there was such bad blood between uh, the early Christians and, uh, and the Jews after the fall mm -hmm. of Jerusalem that um, Christianity was working so hard to divorce itself from the mother religion because of all of the persecution and everything mm -hmm. else that had happened that I, I, I think that there was, um, there was like a, a sense of like trying to just kind of come into its its own and i think that that unfortunately led to a lot of really bad behavior to uh to jews over the years that we can point to mm -hmm. um but i think what's interesting now is that there's this kind of like turning back to not to the mother religion from the standpoint of like oh we need to adhere to these old archaic laws but it's like in the same way that we're talking about now it's like mm -hmm. what's what's the heritage there what's the richness what are some of these clues that will give us understanding um, to what it is that we're that we're trying to understand for our future, mm -hmm. right? And and I and and the the whole covenant thing, it's it kind of because I I agree, I, I hit the same kind of wall. I'm like, how is this not common knowledge? Right? This how makes not so much a, more sense yeah. than anything else that I've ever heard. So does that make sense to you, ladies, or do do you feel like it's so? It's yeah, somewhere else? there's a really great guy. His name is Bruce Gore. He does a whole series called Apocalypse in Space and Time. Okay. And he actually talks about how different people have seen the coming of the, the day of the Lord yep. throughout history. And there have been people who got this. 
okay, who understood it. And it's a kind of a going in and out. And we have to recognize that in 300 AD, um, Constantine, for all, you know, his faults, he set up Christianity as a major religion. And then it kind of got co-opted by man. And this mm. word that we're reading today, joy, that we didn't have this available to us yeah. until the 1500s. So we yeah. had to go by what other priests and other, and, and yep. there was a, um, let's just say in some cases, there was a, um, a reason to keep people in the dark from mm -hmm. a victorious eschatology because if you have control over the people right. as a king and then the king's got to listen to the pope and that this is a created this is a whole religion that's been created around uh, a, a king and a vassal almost again and it, yeah. and the pilgrims actually had a different eschatology where they thought that they were coming out of the great tribulation and entering into the thousand year reign and more and more people as you begin to read the bible we we're so blessed to now have this to be able to read it and to know and I would yeah. add to was this, it? I think it was actually, it's not, it's not that this is anything new. No. There have right. been Christians throughout history. And I would say most Christians in the, we, there's not a lot of good history. Up until for about the 150 first, years ago. Like, yeah. you know, thank you. So there's not a lot of good history there, but from what we can see and understand is that by and large, they did understand this because they were actually closer to that and history. And most Christians actually did see Matthew 24 as being fulfilled. It was one of it the greatest so apologetics or understandable to see that Jesus was who he said he was because right. he said it and then it happened and the early church all knew that and they talked about it. The biggest issue that we have is that the church today no longer teaches church history. We don't care what happened to the church for the last 2,000 years. And if yeah. we actually taught our church history, it would be completely different. Yeah. That's, and well, that's what we're trying to bring you guys now. When we were, when we were working on our uh, documentary, uh, Reawakening, and we were talking to William Federer. Mm -hmm. If yeah. you want to watch that, go to reawakeningseries.com. So good. And watch it for free. Um, <laughs> but uh, the, uh, William Federer was talking about how there was the, uh, uh, the Christian Hebraists mm -hmm. uh, back in the 1600s that once they had the Bible in the English language, they were getting very curious about all of these uh, Hebraic customs mm -hmm. and things like that and going and researching the scriptures. So I think, and, and, and to your point, you know, the Puritans, mm -hmm. the, the, uh, the pilgrims, they all believed in a victorious eschatology that, that yeah. we were actually living in the, uh, in, in the, the, the millennial reign of Christ. Right. Uh, and that, uh, that they, and they, and they, they built their culture that way. And what's mm -hmm. interesting is that here's America yeah, as a result of that. And like, I kind of go back to that, you know, I'm not trying to be cute and I'm not trying to be divisive. I'm just trying to say, you shall know them by their fruit. Mm -hmm. And for the last 150 years, we've kind of believed and kind of been co-opted into this kind of like, well, we're going to get out of here mentality. Yeah. And now look at the mess we're in. So it's like, you have people that believe that we're supposed to be victorious for the future and they build the greatest country in the world. Yeah. And now Thank all of a you. sudden we're about to lose that and country. Now everybody who believes that Jesus is going to come back and now we have our country's going to heck in a handbasket. So which, which of the theologies is. And right. I said this earlier Working. to, to um, our right. friends that were the, the, um, the kingdom round table that you guys can go subscribe to that on they're doing shows on Mondays now because of us, um, Corey and Sir, not just because of us, but because of all this, you can go and I, and we have conversations with them. And one of the things that I laid out this week is that when you're looking at every, all of this end times theology stuff, going back to the original premise 
Mm -hmm. By and large, the victorious eschatology has been what has advanced the gospel. And as soon as you see yep. it in the Western cultures, stop, the victorious eschatology stops, then our society starts to erode. But where it's continuing to be preached, which is pretty much everywhere else in the world, aside from Western cultures, where the gospel is spreading in, in Iran and in China, they don't have our modern end times theology. And the gospel is exploding, 30,000 salvations in China every single day. That's we just have to judge it by the fruit. I was really sad, and I don't want to get off topic of hearing a guy talk about the end times just this week. How he was a uh, a missionary in like I want to say Bulgaria or Czechoslovakia, and right now, and he's saying that you know they have a bad government. But he went over there, and they were so encouraged to hear that Jesus was going to come rescue them at any mm -hmm. moment, at any time, and that that gave them so much peace. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and, and you know, Watchman Nee. Uh, the, yeah. The, yeah. The Chinese preacher back in the in the early 1900s, he preached the rapture um, stuff uh, to to the people that were you know staring down the barrel of communism mm -hmm. and 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 he actually, from what I understand, I haven't found this yet, but my dad was saying that he read it somewhere that he regretted and kind of lived with a uh, kind of a cloud over his head because wow. he he watched Mao come in and you know. Well, I found everybody because every all the Christians thought they were supposed to get sapped out. But so, I mean, that's a, a big a, concern right now yeah. with the United States, right? We, we're in a very fragile time in our yep. nation's history, and if we lose our freedoms now due to any circumstances, I think that God will redeem everything. Oh but yeah, God's not done. Even if America did would did fall, God's not done. No, like Amen. God God's gonna God's gonna spread His glory across the earth. That's what it says in yeah. the Bible. But it would be much easier for him to do that if we don't lose yeah, this exactly. republic, yeah. you know. So, uh, but I, I think that um, going going back to 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 some of where this eschatology began and all that, and um, I agree. I think from my perspective, uh, as I have um, some Jewish relatives and everything, and there's just seemed to be this division between Christians and Jews. Mm -hmm. And I took uh, the history of world religions when I was in college because I was told not to. So I decided I was going to take it because I was interested in finding out what was going on. And they said, well, you're going to, you know, lose your religion if you do that. And you're going to be new agey and everything. And I said, you know, I, after I took the class, I was more resolved in my belief system because mm -hmm. I think all world religions actually lead to Christ. Yeah, yeah. there's a kernel of truth. There's a kernel yep. of truth in, in all of them. And I was just, oh, I was so excited by the time I got done with that class. But I think that the thing that we have avoided, most most of us Christians have avoided, is our ancestral roots because um, the way that some things were handled. But there's no family that's perfect. And, and so we can't just say, well, I have a toxic mom or toxic dad and let's just write them off. Like, God, what is your plan for the nuclear family? What is your plan for the way you design things and the, your original intent for everything? And I think we've missed out on a lot of opportunity. And Matt and I were talking today. Is he, you know, he was talking about, you know, the Jewish holidays. And I said, no, those are the feast days. Those are God's feast days. And if we look at those and we remember those, it, it doesn't belong to a a people group, it belongs to our God. And it's so that we can know what he has done and we can celebrate that because I think where we're, we're missing some stuff right now in society is, you know, we have Easter coming up. 
we do, you mm -hmm. know, there's Christmas, there's all of these holidays. Uh, we just personally celebrated Purim and I was like, dude, this is like, you know, Halloween. They, they dress up in costume, they do all this stuff, but they, they actually get to recognize and honor who God was and yeah. they were hidden for a purpose and a time and a season. And if we actually go back, these are super fun holidays, but it reminds us of who our king is. I think that's some of the stuff that we've lost is yeah. the richness. And I think that's where the devil's kind of uh, taken advantage of, you know, if, if, if somebody does something wrong, we just throw the baby out with the bathwater yeah. kind of thing. Right. And so we need to go back and say, where, what was God trying to teach us during this time? And how do we get the richness out of this? And so I think that's kind of what we're talking about yeah. right now is going, Lord, what were you saying during this season? And then how does the Old Testament right. have to do well, with the, the New Testament? So bring, the, bring us back around to this. Um, so the high priest, yeah. uh, when Jesus stood before the high priest and said, You'll see the Son of Man coming in the clouds. That was that was a threat. Yes. They knew that. that. They knew that. And they actually, after that moment, well, there were several times, they set out to kill him. They ran. You will they, see they the Son of Man coming in clouds. Right. Mm. And, and so Judgment. it wasn't it was it wasn't like, hey, I'm gonna be coming back and you know, you know, whatever. It was like, no, I'm coming on the clouds. Yes. I'm coming in judgment. Right. So they knew to be afraid of that. So they knew that. Well, mm -hmm. see, so the high priest then at that point is rending his garments. Mm -hmm. Right. Yes. Right. And saying, this man is blasphemy. He believes he's God, mm -hmm. all this stuff. Right. So it's like, that was, so when, when you think about this coming on the clouds thing, it just kind of puts that whole scene into a whole different context. Right. And then what's interesting is this is an interesting note that I kind of just stumbled upon is that C Jerusalem Christians sold their land possessions. Now, as far as I can tell, this didn't occur anywhere else. Mm. Only Jerusalem. Mm -hmm. So could it be that because Jesus condemned the property? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And they're like, it's really good. Was it an act? Absolutely. It was faith? only the people in Jerusalem. And lots of people think that the early church all sold their belongings. Oh, let's be like the early church. No, it was just Jerusalem. Those people in Jerusalem, because they heard the prophecy in Matthew 24, that Jerusalem was going to be destroyed. Exactly. And so they were selling all of their property. They yeah. were, they was a bank run. Baby. They were doing so, what wow. people are doing right now based on applying that to now, like Joy saying part of the reason why you got pregnant in, when you were a teenager, it's what you said two yeah. weeks ago, is because you thought that this was imminent. They knew that it was yeah. imminent and they did yeah. it. So we don't so, need to. If I can make this point, this is a small little side note, but this isn't, so So uh, Acts 4 and 5 isn't a biblical support for socialism or communism. It's simply Jewish believers believing Christ and being wise. Right. Exactly. So That's really good. again, why this is why cultural context and accurate understanding yeah. of the Bible is paramount against heresy because people will take and use that as like, all oh, this is support for communism or socialism right. within the church. Yeah. Like, no, that's not what that was. 
Yeah. That was them believing Jesus when he said the Jerusalem was going to be destroyed. They're like, well, there's no point in holding on to this. And then he began to say, so the Christians were in Jerusalem. This is kind of cool. You guys are storytellers, putting these people, <laughs> putting our viewers into this time. So you're a Christian. Yeah. You're a Jewish Christian. You live in Jerusalem. Okay. You want to be yeah. there. This is your hometown. Okay. But you've got yeah. this prophecy that you're, that the apostles were passing down that said, uh, in Luke 21 is the same yep. in Matthew 24. Matthew 24 says, uh, when you see the abomination of desolation, then flee to the hills. The Luke 21 version says, and this is the same version, this is the same statement. Story. When you see Jerusalem surrounded by armies, then flee to the hills. So he wasn't telling everybody to leave Jerusalem because that was the heart of Judaism. What right. he was saying was, um, wait stay there but when you see and, and in 8067 there was a there was a moment it was a it was a uh, time where uh J jerusalem was surrounded by armies and then those armies actually got kind of pushed back by jews who were fighting the jewish zealots and at the same time there were all these wars going on the rome was trying to stop fires everywhere with the gauls and and germania and all these different things and so the roman army got whisked away for for about two and a half three years and there was a window open and of time and christians left christians yep. left jerusalem there was no there were no christians left in 8070 when it was destroyed nope nope okay nope. wait so wait Wait, I'm, I know you guys again. You're you're on calculus. I, I, I'm back here on algebra, really quick. One second. So, I, I get the bank run thing right now because I have been studying central bank digital currency. I knew all of a sudden when what happened to the Silicon Valley Bank, all that happened. I was like, Matt, that was a planned thing, and I was able to point to reasons that that was planned. And this wasn't just like, oh my gosh, we're so surprised. They're ushering in something right now. And God keeps saying, don't be afraid. I'm giving you wisdom. I'm setting you up for success. You know, all that kind of stuff. Be wise, obviously, because they're, they're planning our demise. And you, you brought that up. How does that, back it up for a second, because you, you just said a lot of things really fast because you, you know this so well inside and out. Um, what's happening in Jerusalem during this time? Well, you guys, you guys kind of gotten over this a lot in the other episodes. So actually we um, covered that last week, Joy, you have yeah. to, and everybody needs to go, because we literally were breaking down Matthew 24. Yeah. And so you guys can all go watch so episode that. three of Revelation so, Red Pill Wednesdays covers all of it. All of that. Okay. Yeah, so, let, so then you're going to catch everybody up to yep. speed. All answered there. Yep. Great. So, so just let me, making sure so let me just I understand. Say one thing, though, that the, that, that the Christians didn't know when this was going to be happening. Right. Right. So it wasn't like Jesus said, oh, yeah. Well, he just said within this generation. Now, it just happened to be 40 years, which is a generation. Mm -hmm. So... But I'm saying, but but I but honestly, that to me, that to me exemplifies mm -hmm. the mercy of God. Yeah. Yes. Because it's not like he he mm -hmm. tarries long because he's like, I want to give everybody a chance here. Yeah. But I told you it was going to happen in a generation, and so 40 years is a generation. He pushes it I, to the very end. This is as long as I can give that. you. Yeah. Right. So that's 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 the heart of our God. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, okay. So, all right. So now we're going to go from coming on the clouds okay. and we're going to go into the seven seals. Um, not the ar, ar, ar kind of, uh, but the, <laughs> you know, the, the seals in Revelation uh, five. I'm a dad. I, I get that. Yeah, yeah, I have a I quota of say, dad jokes don't, that don't I can maintain. Don't encourage it, but they already laughed. Um, it's too it's late. Good. Anyway, 
All right. So, but again, share this, you know, ask questions. We're going to do our best. We do have a hard out in 50 minutes. So I'm going to try to do my best. Five to, zero. Yeah. And so I'm going to try it at 830. So I'm going to try to. The dad jokes go on to yeah. dad bedtime. Anyway, all right. Stories. So, okay. Um, okay. So, so the seven seals, I mean, it's a powerful image. Right. It's something that, you know, is found in our current culture, the four horsemen of the apocalypse. You know, there's a movie called The Seventh Seal, like the blood moon, you know, I mean, all that stuff. Right. It's in this this passage. And um, so so what but but again, going back to what did the audience at that time understand and know mm. when they hear this? Right. This wasn't just you know, some sort of just like, oh, well, I wonder what they mean by that. You know what I mean? Like they, they had, there was imagery. God was trying to communicate something. And, um, and so there's now this, the interesting thing is, is how, okay. You have to think about it. Like we talked about like scrolls earlier. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, how were documents saved? How were they, you know, these are the things, how, how, how were they categorized? Right. How were they categorized? It's like, yeah. we, they didn't have computers where you just put them in folders and stuff. Right. You know what I mean? Like it was, it was like these were scrolls, and it's like they just, you know, I mean, I'm sure that there was some scribe that was just like, oh, my gosh, you got my scrolls all messed up. You know what I mean? But I was like, there's got to be, you know, I mean, we were talking about these are scribes. These are clerics, right? These are people with very much an organizational mind, and so they've got ways to kind of organize stuff, right? So one of the ways that a document okay so a sealed document you have to ask yourself why was it sealed what's sealed mm -hmm. about it what was you know is it it's supposed so a seal would mean that it's supposed to be for a certain time or it's supposed to be for a certain person right it's not just an open document they did address right? that a little bit in the chosen yeah and so now now back this is interesting because the number of seals was an indicator of what kind of document it was okay mm -hmm. All right. So like, and, and for, by way of example, there was a, there's a biblical scholar named Zahn. I can't remember the book that he wrote. His last name is Zahn, Z-A-H-N. And he pointed out that uh, before money orders in Germany, if you saw an envelope with five seals on it, it meant it had money in it. Oh. Okay. So the, so the number of seals is an indication of the kind of document. Okay. So a seven sealed Biblion Okay. means it's a testament. Oh. That's really good. Huh. What's a biblion? A biblion is 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 a book or a scroll. Okay. Right. So that's just a biblion is just the Greek word for scroll. Okay. okay. So it was a covenant, it was a um the testament. Okay. Right? It was a covenant. And 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 covenant and testament, a lot of people don't know this, but covenant and testament can be used interchangeably. Okay. In the Bible. Mm -hmm. Okay. So it was a legal document. Legal document. All right. So, um, so, um, and it, it's in the Bible and it refers to mutual commitments based on promises, obligations, and rituals. Okay. Exactly what we've talked about ancient covenants. That's what a testament is. Okay. Repeat right. that one more time. Um, okay. Hold on. So, hold on a second. You said so, three things. Let, let me just back up real quick. Okay, so when we talked about the who, what, when, where, and why. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, let's do that right now. Okay, what is in the what is the scroll? Okay, based off of what we read in Revelation five, mm -hmm. which unfortunately I don't have the time right now to go to read that because I want to get through this. But if you go and you read it yourself, okay, 
what is the scroll? What do we know from the text itself? Okay. All right. We know that it has seven seals. Okay. All right. So then, okay. So based on Asian, Asiatic culture back in Turkey, back at the time, um, it would have been a testament. Okay. Um, and that it was written front and back. Okay. Okay. Now that's indicative of the Ten Commandments, which were also written front and back. Okay. I didn't know. That. And there, so the and the Ten Commandments. There were two copies of the Ten Commandments, mm. like a contract. Okay. Okay, a contract. You sign a contract. Copies. I sign a contract. We, we both, both get, get a, copy. a copy. Right. Right. Okay. So when was the testament opened? When was the scroll opened? The testator had died. Right. Okay. The will. The it's a will, covenant... basically, too. So you understand. Exactly. It's a will. The old covenant passed away because of the death of the king of the Jews. Mm. Remember the sign on the cross. These are not just there. These these things, these images that are in the Bible, they're there. These were written by the people that wrote the Gospels. The people that wrote the Gospels would have understood some of this stuff. Yeah. Right? And so they put things in purpose in the gospels because they're clues right these are yeah so this is the king of the jews mm. so the death of the king of the jews was the reason why the testament was opened yeah wow okay okay now what's fascinating is um so you, you have well i'm reading your notes really yep. quick scroll, scroll back down so you have the what mm -hmm. um what so what do we know from the text Okay, so, right. so when is the testament open? When is the testament okay. open? Who can open the testament? Who can open the testament? The one who inherits. Ah, that's the me. Last and testament. But no, no, but listen to this. The lamb that was slain. Okay, fine. He, <laughs> the one who inherits. Now, you are in him. Yeah, that's exactly right. Right. But, but, you're not but let's stick with it. the let's let's, let's, <laughs> let's stick right. with the imagery here. Okay. Let's stick with the imagery here. Okay. Think about this. He going back to what we said earlier. The wife, the old Jerusalem, killed her husband. Right. Yeah. Thus, ending the old covenant. And he resurrected. Opening up the scroll, which is his last will and testament. Right. As both the testator and the inheritor. Boom. Yeah, because yeah, no man in heaven or earth could open this, neither under the earth. Boom. Right? So he opens it up as the new covenant. It's the new yeah. covenant. This scroll, this seven-sealed scroll, is the new covenant. Yeah. Right? Yeah, and John wept because it, nobody was worthy to open it. <laughs> exactly. Subsequently, abolishing the old and inheriting the new. He is both the alpha and the omega. He's the author and the finisher. He's Come the on. beginning and the end. Yeah. That's good. Wow. Right? Yes. Like, Boom. Oh my gosh. Look at this. <laughs> yes. That's it's awesome. awesome. He says, don't worry about it. The line of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has prevailed. He's going to open the book and he's going to loose the seven seals. Right. Right. And he says, wait, Jesus. Wait, wait. So you just, you, again, Love it. My brain just hurt. I just need a mic drop moment okay. for just to absorb. I'm an internal processor. Okay. Back it up for a second. All right. So wait, what did you say about John? 
really quick. I just read the verse. It said that John wept because nobody was worthy. And the elders says, don't weep. The line of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, he's going to open the book and he's going to loose the seven seals. So don't And where's that at? Uh, He's Revelation 5. Okay. Read all of Revelation 5 about the seals. Who can open this? John's over there wrestling with this. Who can open this? And and then all of a sudden we have the tears. Right. Jesus, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the, 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 the one that has died and risen and is now both the willer and the receiver okay. of this testament. Well, I, one more question really quick before you mm. move on. Is what it, what have, have we been taught uh, primarily as a Western culture about that, that scripture and that verse? You know, I, I, I really don't want to get into that right now okay. because I want to stick I'm just with trying to, I want to stick with what we're understand. at because I'm not I'm not trying to to negate anybody Perfect. else's belief systems. I'm just trying to lay out this imagery yeah. from the standpoint of of covenant. Okay. 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 Keep going. And 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 Jewish understanding symbolism, you know, as best as I understand it because I'm I'm just an, I'm just a student as well. I'm yeah. just learning. And I'm just receiving from him, and I'm going like, this makes a whole lot of sense. Yeah, okay. and okay. it makes sense that it would happen right when, at the time of Jesus's death and resurrection, within that that generation, like the forty right. years, it makes total mm-hmm. sense for it, it all to happen at one yep. time, yeah. okay. not two thousand years later. Later, right? Well, see, because again, going back to going back to Daniel seven, he came up and received the kingdom, yeah. right? Yeah. So it's kind of like. It's kind of like Daniel saw this, you know, again, like Ezekiel, right? Mm-hmm. He sees this kind of like far away. It's a kind of a picture. And it's like, I see him going up and I see him receiving a kingdom. Right. And John is like watching this in detail. Yeah. Right. It's wow. the same situation in detail now magnified because now he's in heaven. Yeah. He's and- no longer like Daniel and Ezekiel watching from the ground. Mm-hmm. And he's John was heaven. told not to seal up these words because exactly, they were because for right now. Right now. Right. Exactly. So, so that, as a filmmaker, this is a two camera shoot. So this, far. <laughs> yeah, this is the close up. This is the boom, <laughs> right? Like, is, all right. We got the wide okay. shot, okay. now so, we got the intimate details. So now we're Jesus going. Jesus accomplished this as a resurrected human, the second Adam, the first fruit, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, and as the infinite God. All right. Wow. Okay. So where was it open? This is also important. Yeah, it's a good question. It's yeah. important in the throne room. The mm. throne room is the court of the great king. How do so we know you, that? Because it says he's in oh. the throne room. It <laughs> it's in the throne room. I'm just trying to get no, 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 these are questions. These are questions uh, everyone's going to have. Yeah. Just read Revelation read, read, 5. You guys let, will get it. Read, read this. Read, read it yourself. Yeah. And if this doesn't make sense, when you read this... Mm-hmm. Then ask ask Leah and Michelle a bunch of questions. <laughs> Thanks, Matt. <laughs> That's good. It no, will make sense. No, it will seriously, make sense. Like ask questions. I even get on there and answer and field some of the questions. I do. Myself. I appreciate that. Yeah. Yes, yeah. it is really helpful. That. Anyway, so the throne room, the court of the great king. Because see, this is the thing. We're divorced as a culture from the idea of monarchy, and we're divorced yeah. mm-hmm. from what happens in a throne room. So what yeah. happens in a throne room is like the scroll is open. We're now we're talking about judgment. We're talking about the decrees of the king. Yeah. Right. Okay. So again, now going back to why was it open? Yeah. The death of the great king. Mm. And yeah. his resurrection. Yeah. 
proclamation of judgment, proclamation of the old covenant was fulfilled, must be closed out. Mm -hmm. The vassals, old Israel, had spilled the blood of the king. Yeah. Complete revolt. Yeah. Like this was complete revolt. Right. Okay. Right, right, right. This triggered the curses of the sanctions listed in Deuteronomy and Leviticus in full force. Mm. Complete annihilation resulted. After yeah. AD 70, Jerusalem was desolate well into AD 200. Yeah. So that, and, and Jesus said, this generation, it'll happen on this generation. He closed out the law and the prophets. He was the last prophet. Like all of this stuff makes so much sense when you look at it from a covenant landscape. Yeah. All right. So, so keep with this in mind, we will open the scroll. Okay. Okay. All right. So the first seal, okay, is the conqueror. Okay. Now this is Jesus. This is Jesus. Full stop. Okay. How do we know this? Okay. One, there's several clues within this. There, he's on a white horse. Okay. He's also on a white horse in Revelation 19. Mm -hmm. All right. Okay. The bow. Remember the bow. Remind us the bow. Remember they're talking about the bow, the, the rainbow. Okay. The bow of God hanging, mm. right? All right. Now, the bow is also mentioned. Okay, so he hung, the, God hung his great bow of judgment after the judgment in Genesis 9. Yeah. Okay. Above his throne, okay. which is where kings would hang their weapons. Okay. Ezekiel 1, okay. 26 through 28. Revelation 4. Talks about a bow. Talks about the okay. rainbow in God's throne. All right. With this in mind, note Habakkuk three, which Habakkuk three was read was a was a like a, basically a annual reading on the second day of Shavuot, which is um, uh, which is Pentecost. Okay. Okay. And it talks about uh, real quick. Let's see if I can just uh, find it in Habakkuk three. It talks about God having a bow. Yeah. Okay. He has the bow. It talks about his arrows. Okay. Okay. You can go back and read that because I'm going to try to get through this a little bit quickly. So go to Habakkuk 3 and just spend some time there and read through that. And notice like there's bows there. Um, he's talking about a bow. Then you have uh, Psalm 18, um, uh, Psalm 7, uh, 12. Okay. Now think about this for a second. Again, going back to this whole Jewish thing. Like, okay. The Psalms were the hymnals of mm -hmm. the Jews. Okay, so they were singing this stuff mm -hmm. as worship. Yeah. And it's talking about God carrying a bow in judgment. Mm -hmm. Also in judgment. Okay. Again, going back to hanging the bow in the clouds, judgment, all that sort of stuff. Okay. And people will talk about, well, I thought he hung the bow in the clouds because it wasn't against the earth. Well, it's against the earth. Mm. Okay. But like he takes it down against nations. Well, that's good. Okay. So then there's the crown. Okay, so this is number three. Okay, so he has the white horse, he has the bow, he has the crown. Now this is not this is not corona. Okay, corona is is the Latin word for crown, um, and there's also a Greek word of corona, but the corona does not exist in the old in the New Testament hmm. at all. There's only Stephanos and then diadema. Hey, wait, are the wait, wait. only two gonna... words for crown in the New Testament in the Greek. Back it up. So we have seal number one. Mm 
topic A. Yes. For for those of us that are you know gonna keep this organized. Yep. Topic A, the horse, the white horse. Yep. yep. Topic B, the bow. The bow. Okay, and these are the four. These are the. Okay, I'm I'm I'm, I'm there. There's four things. Yeah. There's four things that we can know about this person on the white horse and why it's Jesus. Yeah. Okay. He has a white horse, a bow in judgment, the crown. Mm -hmm. Okay, which is the word Stephanos. Stephanos. Okay. Now, what's interesting about this word Stephanos is it's used seven times in Revelation in relationship to Christ and His people. How do you spell Stephanos? Stefano, like Stefan with an O-S. With P-H. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Okay. okay. So it's used seven times in Revelation in relationship to Christ and his people. And uh, this, uh, you can look up the scriptures, but it's there. I've got them all right here. It's we like put them in the chat. 10 through 11, yeah, Patreon, our mom, Patreon Gallery under Mass Faith 3 is putting Perfect. them in the chat. Awesome. And then our friend, awesome. Shannon, will be doing another complete study guide like she did the awesome. last episode that we did with Matt. She's sick right now, so give it a week or so. No, and fine. we'll have another complete study guide with all of this for you guys. So it's also used in other New York, in other um, New Testament uh, passages, like mm -hmm. um, you know the crown of victory. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like Paul mentions it, the incorruptible, all that sort of stuff. Okay, so there's there's uh, there's richness there, and it's always in the relationship of overcoming and victory. Okay. Okay. So now what's now the the only other word is diadema which is used three times and ironically one is for the beast one is for the dragon and one is for christ in in revelation oh, 19 when he basically takes all of the diademas and he's like you know uh you're done um wow, but anyway that's so awesome. yeah all right so <laughs> you, you sound you're like some you know italian mafia yeah, well, you, you're done yeah been watching the godfather <laughs> um anyway okay so then there's Okay, then, okay, so number four. Okay, so we have the white horse, we have the bow, we have the crown, and we have fourth, he goes out conquering. Yeah. Okay, which is the, I don't know how to pronounce this because I'm, I'm not Greek, but it's uh, Nikaio, all right? N-I-K-A-O. Okay, now the, the interesting about this thing about this word, it was just used seven times in greetings to the churches, mm. in relationship to the churches, overcoming and what's interesting is that the word overcoming is also used, you know, we have the, the, the English word, but for whatever reason, when it gets to this first seal, all of a sudden people are like, oh, this must be the Antichrist. And you're like, mm. well, you don't know what are you talking about? This has got, he's got the crown. He's got the bow. It's, it's right out of Habakkuk 3, right? I mean, Habakkuk 3 even talks about pestilence and death following him. I mean, yeah, we're talking yeah, yeah. about, like... We're, we're talking about like imagery that is so so ingrained inside of the uh, of the Hebrew mind right again this is like us talking about Father Christmas like it's just it, it's just it's there so, right it's just it's just I, part of it I know we have a lot to get through okay. so where does that jump in logic come from then it, it, again going back to the earlier jumps in logic is it, how are we I all of a sudden going don't know. And and I and I and I don't know. And again, I, I I'm not trying to negate other people's thought processes. What mm -hmm. I'm trying to do is say this is yeah. the framework within the covenant Hebrew. This is the imagery that they would have understood. Okay. Right. So okay. So again, now going to the second seal. Yeah. Okay. The second seal is war. God takes away the conditions of peace. 
Hmm. Right? It, it, God, it, God doesn't need to create war. He just needs to take away the conditions of peace. I mean, mankind will we'll do the rest. Unfortunately, do the rest. Um, and at that point, that's the other thing that we have to remember again, going back to your point about not understanding church history, is that up until like the 60s AD, it was peaceful. Like mm -hmm. there was a full on Pax Romana, a, started up with Augustus. Like there was no wars. There were no like, wars. It was, the world was mm -hmm. Rome. Yeah. That was it. Right. And so it's like saying like, well, there hasn't been a civil war in the United States since, you know, 1860s. You know what I mean? It's kind of like that. It's like within this right. known world, there was no war. Right. And so when Jesus said there's wars and rumors of wars, it was, it, it was said to a bunch of people that were like, oh, well, that, that's weird. What, what would that be like? Yeah, yeah exactly. Right? Okay. Yeah. So, um, and then Rome nearly collapsed in AD 68. And that's the, that's the thing right. that you were referring to when the, when, the, when, when the armies pulled back. They actually pulled back because Nero killed himself. And then there was like three emperors in one year. Mm -hmm. um, and then uh, uh, Vesuvia, was it Ves uh, Vespian, right? Vespian had to go back because um, he was actually charged, the general, he was charged with Israel. He had to go back and settle all of this and actually became emperor and sent his, Titus, his, his son Titus back to Jerusalem to finish the right. job. Right. So, so, okay. So again, going back to, again, going back to this, you have to understand like Rome almost dis disintegrated at that point. Right. Like, so we're not just talking about the end of the old covenant and the destruction of Jerusalem and all of this other stuff. I mean, there was some tumultuous stuff that was happening in that world at the time and, and nothing like we understand it from the standpoint of scale. Right. Like, we just don't understand. It would be like a world war. And we talked about that last week on our show. And so I keep going back right. to, to you guys, telling you guys, we, 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 we broke that down into the different wars that were happening. And it was a very uh, earthquake time in, in the Roman Empire, which would have shook everybody. Um, okay. So just to answer this question, and I don't have time to, to unpack this right now, but there, there, uh, there is a thousand year reign. We are living in it now. Um, and the thousand year reign, um, you have to understand, um, and we'll get into this a little bit if I can get into, uh, the further stuff, but a thousand years is not the same thing. It's the same thing as saying that, cat, that God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. So does that mean that the thousand and first hill, he doesn't own the cattle? Right. It's like, no, it means it's he owns infinity. It means it's all of he them. Owns, owns, owns it all. Yeah. And so the thousand years was like me saying, I've told you a million times. Like it's it's that kind of that kind of analogy where they're saying God Jesus is reigning. It's it's like you're gonna forgive your brethren, you know, seven times seven. Right, right, exactly. Seven times like, seventy. Yeah, yeah, well then okay, so there it. is a limit, right? <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. No, right, right. Exactly. I can do that exactly. math. No, I mean, I know Leah, I, I probably that. exceeded that. Exactly that. So this it. is really good. As you're breaking these down, you guys can go back and listen to last week's because as he's opening up the seals, yeah. we did not make this comparison to Revelation and the seals, but you can now. Mm -hmm. So these are the seals. We talked about mm -hmm. the war, we, and, and he's going to talk about the famine. All and we and we talked about the death, and we're actually going to probably go a little. We're, uh, we didn't finish Matthew 24 because we kind of did what we're doing right now. Um, but it these things are parallel. Matthew 24 and these seals parallel each other. Mm -hmm. And the and the punchline is all these things shall happen in this generation. So when you see these parallels happening, Matthew 24 and Revelation, Jesus says all these things are going to happen in this generation. We're trying to show you that it did. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So. 
So let, let me, so just, just to, to help people put it in this frame of mind, and I'm, this is a little bit further down the document, but I think it bears saying yeah. now. The seals release, the trumpets declare, the chalices pour out. Oh. Okay. All right. And I'll, and I'll, and I'll, and I'll get to the understanding of why in a second. All right. So, uh, so okay. So it says that in 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 uh, this seal number two, the complete upheaval in the land. Mm. Okay, the land is the four corners of Israel. Like it was always talked about, the land was was Israel. Mm. Okay, and so now if you think about it, God saw Israel as the altar on the world. Yeah, yeah. It was His altar. Mm. Okay, the the entire land that was his altar. All right, so now the and the, is the zealots in Israel were defiling it. I mean, they basically the Israelites basically did this to themselves. It wasn't the Romans wiped them out; they defiled the temple, they desecrated everything. It was disgusting. Like you read through Josephus, and it's just they burned some of their own food. It, you talked crazy. about that. They could yep. have held out the Roman siege. They burned some of their own food because they wanted people to fight harder. Right. And that goes Against into the Rome. famine. That goes right into the famine, right? right. Seal number three, which is famine. So right. the, the land equals God's altar. Got, well, the land equals Israel. So whenever you see the land, yeah. whenever you see the land, look, I mean, it's it, a lot of people will say like, oh, that's the earth. And it's like, no, no, that, that, was, no. that was Israel. That's... It, was, it was talking about Israel. Okay, right. So Just making sure I the have famine, my... so survival. Okay, so they, again, you basically going right to your point. Sorry. It was self-inflicted. The zealots burned out the granaries. There was the Roman siege. There was cannibalism. I mean, a a mother roasted and ate her own child Gross. Yeah. and saved half of it for later. Like, a complete collapse of civil society. Like, it was yeah. just, I mean, when you talk about, like, people that well, had become, that. had become, well, no, not, not, not no, even. No, it was really even, bad. Really, we're not even close to that. Okay. Um, and so, and then death. I mean, pool. Okay, so seal number four, death. Pools of blood in the temple. Bodies piled up in the streets. 500 crucifixions a day. Mm. The Sea of Galilee was was stained with blood. I mean, there was the Jordan River with bodies on the shore. Uh, the port of Joppa. I mean, the abomination of desolation. I mean, the Edomites came in and like wiped out a bunch of people in the, at the temple and like desecrated the whole thing. It was disgusting. Yeah, there was murders I mean, that is... happened. In, Josephus talks about murders that happened in the, the woman temple. Woman roasting her child. She just yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All yeah. that stuff. Yeah. Okay. So so again. So going back and saying okay. So the conqueror. So going back if you go to Habakkuk three, you see the conqueror. You see the pestilence. You see the plague. The famine. I mean, it, it's it's kind of all there. And so when people saw this, when people would have signed the conqueror with the bow, they would be like, oh my gosh, like this is like Habakkuk 3. Mm. Like this is, you know what I mean? Like it's like, like I was saying, it's like watching a movie and going like, oh, they're referencing the Godfather. Uh-huh. Right? That's, that's the way that, that these people would have seen this. Okay. All right? So then the prayers of the saints is seal five. Now the blood at the base of the altar... Now, that's interesting because it's like that kind of causes the question. It's like, well, did the old covenant agent, agents spill this? Mm. Because it's spilt underneath the blood, uh, underneath the uh, the altar, right? And so, and, and, and God says, you know, they're basically crying out, when, when will the vengeance happen? Yeah. Right? When will, and he's like, wait a little bit longer, right? And then 
you know. Let me and pop in. Have... I'm going to pop in with the scripture yep. just so people can kept, stay on, on track here. So Luke 19. Um, and he says, and some of the Pharisees among the multitude said unto him, Master, rebuke your disciples, because they're saying Jesus is, you're, is the Messiah. You're the Messiah. And Jesus said, I tell you that if these should hold their peace, the rocks would cry out. And when he was come near, he beheld the city and he wept over Jerusalem, saying, if you had known, even you, at least in this day, the things which belong unto peace, but now they are hid from your eyes. For the day shall come upon you that your enemies will cast a trench about you, Jerusalem, and can pass you about and keep you in on every side, which is exactly what happened. And they will lay you to the ground, your children within you, and they will not leave one stone upon another because you did not know the time of your visitation, the coming of the clouds. Yep. Judgment. Nope, exactly. And so, so now with, so the blood at the base of the altar and the saints, the prayers of the saints, that's an interesting, the fact that the prayers of the saints are kind of like kind of mentioned here. Mm -hmm. um, and um, th there's a lot more here. I wish we had more time, but it's like, I'm trying to get through this. Okay. So right. there's the set, the seal of the sixth seal, which is interesting because it, it talks about the blood, the blood moon and the sun and the darkened sun and, you know, all that sort of stuff is in this seal, mm -hmm. which is crazy because it's like if the conqueror is coming on the clouds mm -hmm. with his bow, with pestilence and death on those that, like I said, killed you, like you just said, killed the king, right? Okay, well, all right, well, this is on you, this is on you now. So right. here's the conqueror with his bow with death, war, famine coming and now all of a sudden we see what the decreation language that we talked about last week right it's the decreation of israel again jerusalem was wiped off the map yeah for 200 years before anybody started really living there anymore like it was it was wow. devastated yeah. so all right so the sun now what's interesting is that that the seal number six has seven components you have the and they're all lined up with creation. Seal six, seal seven, six components. have seven components. Mm -hmm. Earth, sun, moon, stars, firmament, land, and man. Mm. All of them are mentioned. And it's mentioned basically, it's the, it's the, it's the elements of creation. Mm -hmm. Earth, sun, moon, stars, firmament, land, man. And all of it is decreated. The scroll is That's snapped crazy. up. Yeah. Right? It's like... What does decreated mean? It just means that like it's the language of the creation right god now he's destroying it existence, all and now it's being decreated and he's talking about nations mm -hmm. being decreated so in, in israel specifically okay all right so now the the seventh trumpet's interesting because um there's like this kind of pause the seventh seal it's kind of like this pause and it talks about the 144,000 and so there's a strong indication that what I'm talking about from the covenant language and everything else is true because we're, because of this whole, this whole aspect of the 144,000. So, so, so think about it this way, right? It's like, we're getting to the point where it's like the last seal is about to be, is about to be opened. Right. And there's a pause because because God is saying, I need to make sure that every single person, every single elect, every single person that saw that I was the Messiah, every single one is pulled out of the 12 tribes of Israel because I came for the lost tribes of Israel first. 
I came for the lost children of Israel first. I came, all of this stuff, it's all about Israel first because why is that important? Because Israel was the land of promise mm-hmm. to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and he still honored that promise. It's just that he made sure that he had the right, that he had a, a remnant of those that the old covenant had been spoken to as the first part of the new church. Kind of like the animals on the ark. He saved out just to make sure that it would continue after the flood. Exactly. And so so these people were promised. And so now he carries that new old covenant promise into the new covenant with this 144,000. And 144,000, again, when you're talking about numbers, this is one of the things that, that modern translators miss. It's kind of like, um, it's like the, uh, the New Jerusalem, like the dimensions of the New Jerusalem. It's like when you translate it into miles, it loses all of its meaning because it was about the number, mm. not, about the, not about the distance. Does that make sense? So it's like the same thing with this. It's about 144,000. It's not about the number. It's the fact that like, um, and we'll get into this uh, when we talk about 666, but when, when we talk about, um, so uh, triptych numbers were, 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 were kind of a thing. And so like mm-hmm. 10 times 10 times 10. So like a thousand is 10 times 10 times 10. And um, I don't have the time to go into that at the moment, but so when, when you talk about um, a thousand, a thousand also was an element of, of battle. So it was, a, it was like, a, like an army element. So like in, in, in uh, Israel armies and stuff like that, a thousand was like a unit. Mm, okay. And so, you know, out of each tribe, there's these 12 units of a thousand. Right. And so the okay. 144,000 essentially goes back to what we were just talking about with the thousand years. Okay. It's just, it's like a manyness. It's like, it's like a, it's like a yeah. number. It says 12,000 from each tribe and, and it's just a manyness. Right. And, and it's also a perfect number. It's a, it's a sense mm-hmm. of like perfection. It's like, this is the, 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 the elect. This is the amount of that God had sealed again, going back and talking about sealing on their foreheads. And this was references to um, the the mitre that was on the the the, the high priest's head, where it okay. says "Holiness under the Lord." Okay. Okay. So these were all symbols that the Hebrew people would see and go, "Oh, he's marking us all as priests." Okay. Right. And so, um, and so, and it's interesting. Just on a side note, it is interesting that people will forget about this ceiling of the foreheads, but will focus on the six 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 one. Thank you. I think about that all the time. I'm like, this interesting. This one. Jesus is marking us on our foreheads. Right. We're not. So, right. it's not a brain scan. So what's interesting? What's interesting about this conversation is that people will read this, and they'll go, "Oh, well, that's figuratively or spiritual," but then. The six six one six one is literal. literal. Oh come on, you didn't. So I'm just saying, like, you know, consistent. Again, going back to, Hmm. you know, like, okay, so why why is the one that God gives you on your forehead the spiritual one or the the non literal one? Boom. Interesting. So, um, and these are just questions that I have. I'm not I'm not judging anybody for believing anything. I'm just saying, like, the, the the frame of mind that you have when you approach it from the standpoint of covenant. From the standpoint of Hebrew symbolism, it's a completely different text. And all of a sudden you're reading it and you're like, oh my gosh, this plays out like 
a gorgeous story. Like this yeah. is right. poetry. Yeah, right? I think it's and exciting. It's so I don't beautiful. judge people that believe the alternate. When, but when you when you place it, and you're like, oh my gosh, it's like a moment. Yep. It is. Yeah. So, so, so the timing. So why is this important between the sixth and the seventh seal? Again, the remnant of Jewish believers, the remnant of Israel, the Jewishness of the early church, like the focus of the church in 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 evangelizing the Jews early on was super important and um and so and it's it's through the early jewish believers those that believed in the faith and the promise transferred the promise of the old covenant right. to, the new Testament, yeah. to the new covenant they were the ones that believed that the messiah was was jesus so right so they believed in that and so like that's why it's important because then when the seventh seal breaks it's like okay now judgment's coming because the trumpets are going to come and we'll talk about that in another episode, but the trumpets are going to come and declare, right, what has, what, so again, the throne room of heaven, the court of the great king, the decree has been read. The decree has been read by the only one that can open the seal. Yeah. Right? Then, then what happens? The trumpets declare it. The trumpets declare it out to everyone else. Mm -hmm. and then the chalices pour out mm. the judgment that's so good right so and it's all seven 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 right because okay. it's seven stars in his hand seven scroll seven seals seven trumpets which seven trumpets line up with the feasts by the way yeah this is a little bit of a future note there so um anyway so that's that's kind of what i have at this point um and I think that the, the thing that we kind of like going back to what we're, um, what we were talking about earlier was what's the positioning, right? So like, what, what do we, how do we position our minds? How do we position our, 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 um, view of the future, uh, through this, our position, not just our view of the future, but our position in Christ now, mm -hmm. right? Because a lot of people will talk about like, well, what about evil? What about evil? Mm -hmm. And it's like, well, how do we rid the earth of evil one one we we really need to be taking communion yeah like yeah like like every day if you can mm -hmm. like yeah. get, and not just by yourself don't just do that thing where it's like okay that's great if you can only do that but that's but do it with people christ the body yeah right and then like worship right yeah. and 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 corporate worship is a big deal and, and the house churches that are starting to spring up and things like that. I mean, I know we're going through a lot of um, change yeah. in, in the body of Christ and how that's organized. But, like, getting together with fellow believers and worshiping and praying together. Right. And then this is why I think it's really powerful right now what's happening. Because I think that God is intersecting this idea of covenant and this, this, uh, this power of the church with people who aren't afraid to call stuff out yeah because because the part of the the job of the bishop or the pastor is to call out evil so that the so that the church can then bind and loose mm. and and see evil being destroyed because god is the one that comes on the clouds yes god yeah. is the one that comes with his bow god yeah. is the one that's doing this yeah right so 
So that's why it's important for us to understand this and that we have an inheritance of this promise because we were with Christ in and receiving this inheritance. Wow. No, that's so good. And you were talking, you got Matthew 6, uh, 16, 19 and talking about the, mm -hmm. the, I will give you the keys to the kingdom and whatever you bind on earth should be bound in heaven. Yes. Whatever you loose on earth should be loose in heaven. And we're mm -hmm. in that place right now where we have the, maybe you guys can, you know, kind of finish up with that. You know, we're in a place right now where we, we, for, we've forgotten that our great commission. Right. Yeah, no, we've forgotten. And, and the commission is to disciple nations. Mm. God is very much about nations. And, um, and so he has given us those keys. And he also, in, in John uh, 20, 23, I mean, it's a, it's a very interesting verse when he says, whom you forgive, I forgive. Yeah. It's a very interesting verse. I mean, And he says, some... if you don't forgive, I won't forgive. Right. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, it's very interesting. And so we have... <sighs> I want to say it this way. It's like revelation is like the nuclear bomb of the Bible. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I think that's one of the reasons why the devil has worked so hard to, to try and it. keep it shrouded in yeah. kind of this mystery mm -hmm. and everything else. And so if, and, and I, and like I said, I, I just humbly submit all of this mm. as somebody who, has puzzled over this for decades and has, you know, wanted to know how this works. Like, well, how does this work? Because I know that God is not a God of confusion. God is a God of revelation. Yeah. And so I want to know how my Papa works and I mm -hmm. want to understand how I'm supposed to partner with him. And right. if we're seated in heavenly places, what does that look like? Yeah. What does that and look like? And that's why I think, you know, you talk about the pilgrims, um, the, the loving, the, the, the revelation, as I've come into understanding of this, I love this book. I, do I can't I get know. enough of it. It's like, it's so rich and so beautiful. And it's not scary. It's, it's not scary at all. It's so gorgeous. Yeah. And that's all I'm trying to do is I'm just like, I want people to see that mm -hmm. because it's like, it's so liberating. Yeah. Do we have some time? Do we have a couple questions? Do we have some we got time? Five just, minutes. We got a, we got a, like a, a question or two, quick one. Um, I'll just read the the last one that was put by um Isa four ten forty one ten. Um, okay. Although it doesn't say how long a little while is. Matt, you want to take that? Um. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, there's lots of there. The, there's lots of uh, verses uh, and and what we call time texts in uh, Revelation. Um. And it talks about that in there and it says near and it, it, you can't get around the fact that it says near and you can't get around the fact that Daniel says, um, it, it, the, the angel told Daniel seal up what you've been shown mm -hmm. because the time is not yet. Right. And in, in, in revelation, it says, don't seal this up because the time is now. Mm-hmm. So what that indicates is that there is a large portion of that book that was actually for the time that it was written in. And this is why the, the conversation around the timing of the writing of it is actually kind of integral because yeah. those that say that it's for the future maintain that it was a late date writing and those that maintain 
that it's it was mostly for that 60s 70 AD actually it, 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 that it was written contemporarily during that time yeah and so it, but but you can't get around the time text the time text are, it's the, the greek you look it up the greek means now and unfortunately while. we we've had to do a lot of mental gymnastics because of the modern end times theory that we like yeah. to call it um when you read all of the letters pretty much that were written in the new testament they are addressing those people. And I don't remember yeah. where I was. I was listening to the audio Bible as I was going to sleep the other day. And that's an unfortunate time to do that because then I don't know where I heard it. But I can tell you this. <laughs> there was one part. It jumped out to me and I haven't had time to go look at it. But Paul literally says to the whoever he's writing to, he says, the prophecies of that were written to you about yeah. you right now. And I just thought that that was so interesting and you didn't wake up enough to go to go look that up. But these yeah. things were written to these people. Does that mean we can't glean from them now? No, right. but it was absolutely written to them. I want to address right. this because a lot of people are asking this. We're not, I'm not going to answer this question right now, but we will in this series. Christic says, so if we are really in the thousand year millennial kingdom, that means that Satan and Armageddon are still to come. We get, that gets a little bit more deep. That's a whole program and i promise yeah. you we will do that program but i could that, i could probably i could probably um don't open that can no right i'm now. not gonna open up that can right now no no, no. I'm, I'm saying we'll, we'll we'll put that on the list of things to tackle yeah um, it's actually not as complicated as you would think yeah people yeah. just want to know where they are on god's timeline and someone was asking in the yeah. facebook chat can you make a visual timeline i'm gonna look and see if someone has already done that because that would be an extensive yeah. thing. I hope someone that has. Last question um, I think that I want to get to is Tracy on Facebook kept asking, so what is this belief called um, that, that we're talking about? And we kind of started that out. A lot of people are throwing out the word preterism. I can't speak for Matt and Joy. Leah and I don't like to be boxed in to anything, although it's helpful to bring in the preterists because they are very helpful in... well. A lot of and this. using the word preterist, and maybe Matt, you could explain what that means. We don't we don't have a belief system, but there are people who have a belief system that we kind of pull from. Right. Yeah. Preterism is essentially means that you believe that it was all fulfilled in 70 AD. So that's that's essentially preterism. Or and the word um, just means the, the pre thing that things that have happened. Pre, and so pre, what we're talking about in general right. is preterism. It's right. things that have already happened. Um, some people call it post-millennial. Um, yeah. And if you're looking for things and you want to find these resources, put in post-millennial and you'll come up with resources. And you can Google preterism yeah. and that will, it'll, you'll probably get a lot of resources. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, and, and there's, there's, there's some books we'll put in the, in the links um, that if you really want to dig into it, it has been called um, uh, dominion theology yeah. or um, uh, advancing the kingdom, victorious eschatology. Yeah. Like there's, victorious eschatology. there's a couple of different things that the, the dominion word is comes from the original mandate of God, where it says have dominion, subdue the earth, be fruitful and multiply. Right. And so that has not been revoked. Yeah. That Adamic covenant has not been revoked. Right. Jesus is the second Adam. So therefore we are still supposed to be about, um, having dominion and multiplying. Now, the problem that people have with the word dominion is that they think that it means we're supposed to have dominion over other people. And that's right. not what it means. Because you have to think about it from the standpoint, going back again, who was God talking to? He was only he was talking to the only two people on the planet, mm -hmm. right? That had 
all of all of y'all, all of us inside of them. Yeah. Right. And he's saying you have dominion over the rest of the earth, the over land, the creepy the things animals. of the land, over everything else. And so it is a joint dominion. It's not about anybody lording it, over yeah, anybody. And in that, it's, he's talking so, about taking care of. And taking care of. And it's a and, and dominion again, was you have authority to actually mm, take care of, cultivate, right. and, look after. Well, and Christ coming as the perfect yeah human as the servant of all mm. right so like that's where it kind of again like all of this stuff it's starts making twisted. a lot of sense if you start looking at it this way is that he was the great king that that didn't think so highly of himself that he came down and made himself a man and became a servant of all to show us this is what i mean yeah. when i mm -hmm. say have dominion of subdue the earth mm -hmm. that's it's, so good. it's not the world economic forum yeah. elitist no. group so. And, and once we take all of this forward and we apply it to today, which we can, we mm -hmm. will see, you're going to start seeing everything turn around, guys. Yeah. God's sending this message out like a force. Johnny Enlow has come out, episodes uh, 44 and I think 46 and continuing on. Joy and Matt interviewed him this week. That link is in the actual solid comments at the bottom of our Rumble video. I will make that available on resistancechicks.com. They are also doing the 20 minutes um, of Revelation, which they've already done a first episode on that. It is absolutely phenomenal. Go to Kingdom Roundtable on Rumble and subscribe to that channel every Monday night. They are doing a Kingdom Roundtable. Our friends Corey and Serge and Jason, and they're having guests on. They did one on Monday that was just phenomenal. That we are, it's a force now, guys. Look out because it's coming and we're coming hard and we've been, I think, unleashed by God to do this. So Joy and Matt, thank you for this. Matt, thank you for this Breaking teaching. Breaking this down, this it's was been really good. Yeah, I learned thank you. so much. Yeah. Oh, awesome. I'm so glad. I, like I said, I just, I hope that people would take this, do their own research, pray on it, mm. you know, just, just because talk to the guy that I'm talking to. Like, I'm just like, he, he's there. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? It's the same guy. And so just, just, you know, and then ask questions um, because that's really how we get to truth, right? Is that we put truth in the middle of the room. We walk around it and we start going like, oh, what does this look like? And, mm -hmm. and it's there. So yeah. Anyway. That's excellent. All right. All right, you guys. Thank you so much. Reminder, if you go to resistancechicks.com for episode two, we're joined, Matt. We're with us. Our friend Shannon broke down a, a graphic guide, study so guide good. from Matt's and so notes you can and go outline. And study these things for yourself. And She's got really timestamps on yeah. it. It's it's amazing. So I want to encourage you guys to do that. Remember, it's not just a conspiracy theory. If it's actually the truth, we love you. God loves you. God bless. Next week, we're going to be getting into how did all this modern end times theology get started? We're going to talk about some people called Darby and Schofield, and we're getting into it. We're going to dig into it. I think this is going to be an absolutely phenomenal episode. You don't want to miss it. Be here next Wednesday, 7.30 p.m. Eastern standard time for revelation red pill wednesdays and we'll catch you guys on the flip side god bless god bless bye